Hello, this is the OT Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Brian Andrew. I'm here with the gift of fab, Stephen Galindo. How you doing? <laughs> you were not kidding about that. That was a really good intro. Uh, in the pre-show, Brian was like, I got one for you today, and he didn't disappoint. I'm super excited for today's episode. Recovering one of my favorite divisions. It's got my favorite team, the AFC West. And um, this time last year, the AFC West was hailed as the best division in football. And man, was that totally opposite. Other than, you know, <laughs> the Chiefs and and the Chargers maybe, you know, halfway through the season. But um, I'm excited to, to talk about, you know, these teams. Um, I think there are some good... Uh, sneaky value in here. There's obviously the best quarterback in football. You know, you can debate me. We can debate that. Um, but I'm, I'm excited. So, you know, there hasn't been any super crazy news, um, in the NFL. So let's hop into the Las Vegas Raiders. I almost said Oakland Raiders. <laughs> I think on, uh, you hit me up recently, you know, uh, pulling back the curtain a little bit i remember we were talking about the raiders at some point earlier in the, in our lineage of podcast episodes you're like hey you said the oakland raiders in the episode and i was like oh my bad and you know i'm probably gonna do it again today so uh <laughs> so if you listen to our last episode the seahawks i'm very biased towards I, a player has to really convince me to take them it's the same thing for you here with the raiders so is there anybody on the Raiders right now that you're like, all right, they're a must draft if they if they land in your lap? Yeah, um, Devontae Adams. I mean, you can't deny this guy. You know, he's he's been one of the best, if not the best, wide receiver in the NFL, you know, for the past few years. I mean, he was amazing last year with Derek Carr, you know, mm-hmm. and then obviously previously in Green Bay with, you know, the Packers and Aaron Rodgers. So, I mean, if this guy, you know, falls to me, um, I would consider taking him. Mm-hmm. Although, you know, kind of side note here, you know, obviously we talked about fantasy football kind of being, you know, not only, you know, are you trying to win and everything, but you're also, you know, trying to have fun, draft, you know, different players. Um, so like when he does fall to me and I have other, you know, decent options, I do skip on him because he is a Raider. But I mean, if he was, you know, the only option there, um, obviously, you know, I would take him. But I mean, you know, you, you you're going to take him in the first, you know, one of the first three rounds, depending on, you know, what kind of league you're in. Um, other than Devontae Adams, obviously, you know, uh, Josh Jacobs is, mm-hmm. you know, going in the second to third round. And now he might even be going earlier since he just signed a one-year contract worth up to $12 million. And it looks like there's really no bad blood uh, McDaniels, you know, the head coach of the Raiders was talking up, you know, Josh Jacobs and how he's excited to have him back. And so, um, this doesn't really change my rankings cause I wasn't really taking him, you know, in the first round. Um, I think he's more of a, on the turn of your first to second round, you know, he's, he's a top three pick in that second round. Now that he's for sure going to be back, you do run the risk of injury, uh, we don't know what kind of shape he's in. Obviously, he's been working out well. He's been holding out, but returning, you know, to football shape is obviously a whole different type of um, conditioning. And he hasn't had any real, 
you know, live football action. So uh, you do run the risk of an injury, you know, within the first couple games. But if you take him, you know, at the end of the first round, beginning of the second round, I mean, I don't see any issue with it now that he's officially signed. Um, and then, you know, obviously, like I said before, Devontae Adams is a solid, you know, first, second, third round pick, you know, depending on how your league settings are. Um, I don't think he's going to regress. And even though he has Garoppolo, I think he's still going to put up the numbers you've seen him put up in the past. I think you're right on Devontae Adams. The only the only thing I'll bring up is he was really good with Aaron Rodgers. Pretty good with Derek Carr. Any, I'm, I'm going to throw this out there. I think Derek Carr is a solid quarterback in the NFL. Like He might not be a good fantasy quarterback. I don't think he's a terrible quarterback. He's in that Jared Goff camp of like he's fine too good. Uh, Devontae Adams is going to have Jimmy G as his quarterback this year. Do you feel his production is going to dip? Or do you just feel like he, he's an outlier to the Jimmy G experiment? I think he's he's just he's an out outlier. I think he's going to be fine. Like he's played with, you know, I can't even think of their names. You know, in Green Bay when Aaron Rodgers were hurt, was hurt, and he was still putting up points. I mean, he did it last year with Derek Carr. So, I mean, he's just he's just a really good wide receiver. He's he's going to get his points. You know, he's going to get probably close to like you know 170 targets. Last year he had 180 targets. He was number two overall in wide receivers. So, and he averaged about, you know, 14 fantasy points a game. So, I mean, he's a solid, he's a solid wide receiver one. Like, I, I'm. He's a I'm good, gonna, he's a, he's a good value because he's going at wide receiver 10 right now. So, I think that's a decent value. You don't have to, but I think if he lands in your lap and you want to take a wide receiver, I think, I think you make that move. Like he he probably will still be a top twenty wide receiver even if he has a dip in production, uh, but I don't I don't think so. And he doesn't have uh, an intensive injury history really. So uh, like I know he's had some, but nothing that would scare me into drafting him. So I think a healthy Devontae Adams. So being, yeah. So you you've already you know dogged Derrick Henry mm-hmm. and you dog Tyler Lockett. Mm-hmm. Because you know you're saying that regression is going to hit them. Where are you at with Devonte Adams? He has he's he's shown no signs of regression. I think sometimes regression also hits when you move to a new team. You're in a new system. You're in a new offense, and you're learning things as you go. And last year he didn't really take a step back. Like he took a step back probably from being wide receiver one in the entire league. But in terms of being a top 10, top 15 reliable wide receiver, he didn't take a step back in that regard. And that's where he's going in ADP. So I think I think it's fine. Like, can he regress? Yeah, he he's at that age where it could possibly happen. But I'd feel more confident, more confident in a 30-year-old Devontae Adams than I do in a 30-year-old Cooper Cup right now. Dang. Okay. But, like Cooper, uh, Cooper Cup is going in a, in round one, whereas Devontae Adams is a what mid to second round pick, mid to late. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, mid to late second round pick. Interesting take. Um, they did add Jacoby Myers, who was previously on the Patriots, who previously played with uh, McDaniel's, the coach. Do you do you think he is worth picking up? Um, Towards the end of drafts, his mm-hmm. ADP is the 
somewhere at the end of the 12th round, beginning of the 13th round. He's wide receiver 58. So he's kind of at the end there. One of those just stash him on the bench for bye weeks or maybe he blows up or not yeah. blows up, but you know, yeah, you produces. Hit, you hit the nail on the head there. He's bye week streaming. He's a body on your bench if you need somebody to fill in if you have an injury for a player that you know it's going to be a couple weeks and you're like oh i need a wide receiver to step in but even then like you're probably going to look on the waiver wire before you commit to jacoby jacobs i mean jacoby jacoby myers (laughs) sorry so and then what about jimmy g you know the the handsome jimmy g you know he's he's been around the Patriots, got traded to the 49ers. Now he's here in Las Vegas. Um, one of my favorite Jimmy G moments, or not moments, but memories, is when they had pictures of him with like a porn star. <laughs> and there was a bunch of memes on, uh, you know, at the time Twitter. And uh, that's one of my favorite Jimmy G uh, moments, memories. <laughs> nothing, nothing football related. Uh, <laughs> nothing football related, uh, yeah. He, he's... F- he. He's fine, but in terms of fantasy, and this is where we're at, is there's plenty of quarterbacks to draft before him. And to be honest, even in a super flex league, there's probably a lot of options before you draft him, even as you QB2. He's, he, but if you want to punt on your second QB in a super flex league, sure. But I don't think Jimmy, Jimmy's going to be that guy. Who's, I feel like going, he's going to be guaranteed in your waiver wire every week. Like if you need someone to spot start for you, because someone's going to pick him up play him in the bye week and then they're going to drop him and then the next team's going to pick him up. Like that's Jimmy G's role this entire season. So you're saying he's going to get passed around this, this year? I would say so. That sounds about right. I think he is a viable quarterback though in real life to, you know, give or, you know, not give, but to lessen the worry of the production of, you know, Devontae Adams, Jacoby Myers. I mean, even Hunter Renfro might be in the mix. Um, their tight end is a rookie. Um, he's actually a Notre Dame rookie. Shout out Notre Dame. Um, but, I mean, like, what, what do you think of the tight end? Is he even worth a roster spot? Uh, yeah, I would say... I would, I would personally, because if you're looking at all the rookies, you're looking at Kincaid, you're looking at Musgrave, like, and then, uh, is it Sam Laporta? So, Sam Laporta. <laughs> I would, I would say he's in that conversation up, and you might even think he has higher upside than some, because I, he should go into camp as the starter. I mean, not going to camp, but he should go into the season as a starter. So, that's correct. I I would take a like in my opinion he's probably got the most secure job than because like even Kincaid has Knox there Musgrave they took another tight end in the same draft as him and so maybe Laporta has maybe the best upside in terms of like getting for and like he's in a really good offense there but Mayer's in that conversation too like I would maybe even have Mayer stashed on my bench before I have uh, Myers. You know, so interesting because like you take your tight end and injuries always happen or sometimes, you know, your tight end will bust and then you're just like, oh, well, I have this rookie and, you know, you never know. You never like these players come out of the woodwork all the time. 
Yeah. I, I mean, I'm going to give a little strategy here and I, this is like right before our draft, but if you're, if you personally, you know, if I'm getting one of the top 10 ranked tight ends in the draft, I usually tend to not draft a second tight end mm-hmm. because I feel like after that, they're so up in the air. If you're, you know, already kind of punting at the position and you're getting someone from the 12 to like 20 range, then okay, it makes sense to possibly pick up a second tight end just to have that, you know, possibility of, you know, one blowing up or one, you know, becoming actually decent. But if if I'm drafting, you know, especially if you draft like Travis Kelsey, Mark Andrews, TJ Hawkinson, like there's no need to draft a second tight end because you're starting those guys yeah. every week, you know, as long as they're healthy. And then, you know, you'd even start them in a bye week. You know, that's how good they are. So <laughs> valid point. That's a valid point. I would say, like, for me, like, Mayer is probably not relevant this year. Um, I, I wouldn't really take a flyer on him. Like I said, if if I'm drafting uh, a tight end that's 1 through 10, you know, there's just I, – I feel like you can find better value at a different position, like a flat – you know, like a running back, a wide receiver, who has more upside and probably a higher ceiling. I don't, I don't have a stat to back this up, but I also feel like I think Jimmy G's coming in to be a game manager for this offense. I feel like game managers tend to look at their possession receivers and their tight ends a lot. So, but the thing is, there's nothing, there's nothing in stone that I'm saying like, yeah, Mayor's going to be the guy, you know? So I'm not saying draft him. I'm just, yeah, I think like, what what you're getting at. If you take a top ten tight end, don't even look at another tight end for the rest of the draft. But like if you maybe you stack two, you know, two rookie tight ends to see which one succeeds, right? Like mm-hmm. the, Kyle Pitts is the last uh tight end to succeed and we all thought that was like a kind of a bummer of a year too on top of it. So it's like tight rookie tight ends don't tend to do well. So if you're going off history Kind of stay away, but you never know. Probably spend a and, lot of time on that. For, for, for. And so, real quick for the Kyle Pitts thing, I am, you know, as I see more and more games, you know, in Arthur Smith games, I'm starting to believe more and more that, like, this Falcons team can be so good, but I think Arthur Smith holds them back. And, mm-hmm. you know, if they're if they're, you know, like five and five by week 10, I mean, there's a possibility. I think they just can them. I think if they're five and five, they probably have a decent chance of winning the division. He might stay. I think they have to start like legit like two and seven. <laughs> like, uh, but we'll but see. Well, you know, yeah, I think the team, I think the shackles will come off if like, and this offense will breathe and stuff like that. If Arthur Smith's not there. I think it would be more fantasy friendly. Absolutely. All right. Let's speaking move. of a fantasy friendly, <laughs> there we yeah, go. Speaking of a fantasy friendly uh, team, you know we got Russell Wilson and the Denver Broncos. Um, this, I think, is their redemption season. Um, although Jerry Judy just recently went down with a hamstring injury uh, in practice, and so you know he's expected to be out. For a few weeks, there hasn't been a uh, solidified timetable on that, but he's currently, you know, out for a few weeks, so he's probably going to miss the first few games of the season. And I was really high on Jerry Judy, 
Um, he, you know, he, last year he did get hurt as well, but when he came back, you know, in the middle towards the end of the season, you know, he had a strong, like five game stretch where he was just putting up touchdowns and putting up yardage. And so this, I feel like he could have been, you know, a pretty solid, you know, wide receiver pick where he was going. This, this offense has the weapons to be a top 10 offense in this league. It's just for whatever reason, it didn't happen. There's so many question marks. Like I wouldn't be surprised if they have a few players in the top 20 in their position, but at the same time, I wouldn't be surprised if none of them cracked the top 20 and and that includes their quarterback. And I think it's really hard to be a starting quarterback at that caliber in this league and not be a top 20 quarterback. So, I think this kind of raises Court, uh, Cortland Sutton's ADP with the Judy injury. But yeah, I was just about to say I, I'm a little higher on Sutton now. Yeah, uh, he's good. He's solid. I've had him in some leagues in the past, and he's fine. He's actually he helped me uh, get pretty far in a league once because he was like my wide receiver too, and he did really well. Uh, I think like if the offense is going to be relevant it's gonna be i think Sutton does need to be like a top 20 wide receiver and i think it can happen but we have to see it first i think that's gonna i think if you're buying into this denver broncos offense and you're ahead of the game and you feel like you're smart than everyone then good and if it works out good for you i just think a lot of people need to see it to believe it because last year on paper they're supposed to be good too so, like, if we're going off paper, yeah. like, that's great, but we need to see it. So, like, Javante Williams looks good for coming off an ACL, but I don't know how much t- uh, playing time he's going to get. Uh, P. Ryan's going to get some get some reps. It could be a 50-50 timeshare for literally the entire season. Uh, so, I do think they both have value. Uh, but it all comes down to Russell Wilson, the guy who's getting paid the big bucks. And... Like a month ago when we were just chatting, you thought Russell Wilson was going to have a bounce back year. Do you still feel the same? I do. I do still feel the same, Um, especially, you know, with him dropping some pounds, you know, using his legs more. I think what made Russell Wilson good or fantasy good was the fact that he was able to use his legs to extend place. And last year I didn't see any of that. Like, I felt like he did not get out of the pocket. I remember, you know, when we, when Russell Wilson would play the Rams and -hmm. he'd have some stupid scramble in the backfield where he would Mm -hmm. scramble like for 20, 30 yards just behind the line of scrimmage and then throw a deep ball to Tyler Lockett and score a touchdown and how angry that made you. That's the Russell Wilson I want to see. Do you you see the Russell Wilson who extends place? Do you still feel like that guy exists? He does exist. I feel like he does exist. And, I, I do believe that Sean Payton is going to bring that out of him. You know, he they did look a little shaky in the first, you know, preseason game, but I think there's so much riding on like on him being better this season. I just feel like this whole team has a lot to prove and they feel they feel that. Okay. And I think I think they'll meet the expectations um and slightly exceed. Are they gonna win the division? No. Are they gonna make the playoffs? I don't think so. If anything, they'll be the last wild card spot, but I mean that's very that's very narrow. The AFC is just way too strong. 
Um, I don't think, especially, you know, if they're entering the season without Jerry Judy, you know, and Javante Williams is coming off an ACL injury. I think they still have another year before they're, you know, fighting for, you know, playoff spots. But Cortland Sutton definitely moves up my rankings. Um, Javante Williams, I don't know. I've always been iffy drafting running backs coming off an ACL injury. So, you know, for me, I'm probably not taking that risk. Uh, some of the other guys that you can find around the same uh, ADP as Javante, you have James Conner, right? The never aging James Conner, Cam Akers, uh, David Montgomery, Alvin Kamara. You have DeAndre Swift, James Cook, and then Rashad White. So those are all guys kind of going in the same, you know, ADP as him. So, I mean, I, I would probably take those guys before I would take Javante Williams. Only because he's coming off the ACL injury. That's fair. I, I still think he's a salt. Like, if you do two Q, if, I don't know. What I'm trying to say. Like, if you do two running backs in the first few rounds, you get to round five, and he's there. He's not a bad flex upside option. Like, especially if the Broncos, like you know, handle his medical stuff delicately. Like, I think there's upside there. You know, he, he has top five running back potential. It's just, I don't think it will happen next season. But with the 50-50 timeshare, he could still possibly be a top 20 running back at some point. And if that's your flex option, that's great. Uh, especially with, an, like you said, with an offense that needs to prove itself. But like you said, like, do you want to take the for sure thing? Like, I think once you get to round four or five, you're kind of playing the floor a little bit with a little bit of upside, right? Like especially if you took a risk in the first three rounds or so, you're like, all right, now I need to find someone with a decent floor and his floor is questionable, right? So you you want, you want might want to take someone with a better floor, you know, especially like you said, like at least, you know, you, we have an idea what Alvin Kamara's floor is going to be. He's missing three games, but Jav- Javante Williams might not even play that much in the first three games either, you know? David Montgomery, you know, his floor. Swift, you know, his floor. White, his floor. James Cook kind of have an idea what his floor is like we don't know what Javante Williams's floor is like his ceiling could be through the roof but unless you like you don't want him to be your RB2 right like I think that would make you that that'll make you a little uncomfortable in that position so yeah no I agree if you do that zero running back strategy you might get stuck in that spot though <laughs> so mm-hmm. yeah and, and you know with the with the injuries you know that the Broncos have seen you know this offseason tim patrick going down you know now jerry judy how do you feel about drafting uh marvin mims you know the rookie i'm higher on him now that judy's out i don't know if i'm going to spend a top 10 round pick on him but i i would i would see you know, once you get to all the rookies and stuff like that, and it's your game later in the draft, I think he's a decent option just to stash and see what happens. And maybe after four or five weeks, you don't see anything. You could, you know, put him on the waiver wire, but he's wide receiver too now. Right. Maybe I think so. Like, yeah, by, by default. So if, like I said, going back to the original thing, if the offense is going to be a, good and have a chip on his shoulder he's gonna have to contribute too so and then um you know with the injury to javante williams like we just discussed samaj p ryan he you know he's 
Is he, you know, a strong flex option in your in your opinion? Strong, no flex. Yeah, like I think if I think you could find better options, but he he if he's there, you need to get some running back depth. Yeah, uh, it's not a bad option. I don't know if he's gonna be the. I think it's gonna be a fifty fifty timeshare. Hell, it might even be like a seventy thirty timeshare for P Ryan at the beginning, but. I think this offense is meant to have Javante Williams eventually take over. And that might be next season. That might be in week 13. So just keep that in mind. And then lastly, you know, the tight end position. Um, Sean Payton called, you know, this guy the Joker, right? (laughs) So Greg Dolchich. Dolchich? Sorry, Dolchich. It's hard to pronounce that name. Um, you know, he's he's going in right now as a starting tight end. I don't know if I would draft him. I wouldn't. Yeah, he had, you know, again, he, he had a strong finish last year, but I think there are better options, and I feel like he's just he's too much of a question mark to take the risk on him. Um, you know, the- I'd rather take Tyler Higby, who I know is going to get, you know, targets. Might take a chance on the rookie, you know, Dalton Kincaid. From the Buffalo Bills, you know, supposedly, you know, he's he's more of he's acting more of a receiver than a tight end. Mm-hmm. Um, you have Sam Laporta that we talked about, also the same thing, acting more of a receiver than a tight end. You got Gerald Everett. You know, we're going to talk about the Chargers right now, but I mean, he's in a good offense. You know, those are guys I'd rather take a ticket on. Yeah, I uh, I would say in the last few seasons. I've had a strategy if I were to punt on tight end, and I've done it twice, where I take two tight ends that are in that 12 to 20 range, and basically based on matchups and the offenses that they're in, figure out who should start each week. And sometimes I'm wrong, sometimes I'm right. Yeah, like, this is one of those scenarios, too, with the Broncos, where you're like, you know, maybe you take them, and then... You do stash a rookie tight end with it and see like what what happens. Like you, this that would be one of the scenarios where you like I'm not confident enough to have him be my clear cut tight end, so I might have to take another one. I think that spells out the Broncos, right? Like, well, you let's start with. Do you think Russell's going to be uh, QB twelve or higher? I hope he is, but I think he's he's going to be a top twenty QB this year. I think he was fifteen last year. He ended the season fifteen, so obviously he's a top actually fifteen quarterback. I think personally, right, I'm not going off of any stats or, you know, anything data-driven. I'm just kind of going off of, you know, off-season reports and, and videos and that I've watched of, of training camp. I, I think he is going to come in as as a top 12 quarterback this year, but I think he's going to narrowly make it into that top 12. He's going to be 10, 11, or 12. Mm-hmm. Um, he's definitely going to have a better season this year than last year. Mm-hmm. But am I drafting him as a starting quarterback this year? No. So, like, if I you couldn't. if you accidentally punted on the position, there's some other quarterbacks in that range you would rather take a chance on. Like, you'd rather maybe go Sam Howell. You'd maybe rather go Brock Purdy, maybe. Would you rather go Jared Goff? So I'm going, like, Daniel Jones. This is fantasy for fantasy reasons, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, Aaron Jones, Geno Smith. Taking Jared Goff, I'm taking Derek Carr, um, Jordan Love, who I think is going to have a pretty good season. Kenny Pickett, I think is going to have a really good season. 
Um, I'd even take a flyer on Anthony Richardson, the rookie. Uh, Russell Wilson is just, I think I, if anything, I'd take a late flyer on him, stash him on my bench, you know, depending who my first quarterback is. Um, I think it's like the quarterback situation is the same as the tight end that I just mentioned. If you're getting a guy one through 10, there's really no need to stash a second quarterback on your bench. Um, and I guess it would depend on your league too, because for instance, in one of our leagues, for some reason, guys like to stash two quarterbacks. There was a season where this is a redraft league. Guys were, were stashing, you know, two quarterbacks on their bench at one point. So it was kind of like, Oh shoot. Like, yeah, I don't you, have a, you know, an extra option. So they're, they're, I guess they're, it really depends on your league. I think that's like a defensive draft strategy. I don't know if they did it intentionally, but it meant like, all right, now you're taking these top 15 quarterbacks off the list. So there's going to be now one or two teams in the league that have a QB 16, a QB 17 on their roster because you're stashing two of them. Like, and you're just going to use one for week one and maybe trade the other. So yeah, like it, I guess the, I guess the rule of thumb is don't get stuck drafting Russell Wilson. <laughs> just be more aware. Uh, you want to move on to the Chargers? Yeah. Yes, yes, the LA Chargers, formerly the San Diego Chargers. Mm-hmm. And if I think if I if I had to choose another team in the AFC, if like I wasn't a Chiefs fan, it'd probably be the Chargers. I I'm the I'm, have I'm in the probably same. the coolest. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. Sorry, I didn't mean to. They have, yeah, yeah. They probably have the coolest jerseys in the NFL, in my opinion, because that baby blue and the lightning bolt, it just it looks all good together. Mm-hmm. But um, I mean, they have, they probably out of all the AFC West teams, they probably have the most fantasy friendly players. Yeah, I would say, and, I would say so. Yeah. Just real quick off the bat, Austin Eckler, he's going in the first five picks. We don't need to talk about this guy. You already know he finished as the number one running back last year in fantasy. Mm-hmm. He's going to get, you know, a lot of touches. He's going to, he's very involved in the passing game. You know, now they have Kellen Moore as their offensive coordinator. So clear you know, cut. he's going to find ways to get him in, involved. Clear cut RB2. Clear cut running clear. back one. Yeah, he's a, he's an RB1, but clear cut overall. overall. RB2, right? Or would you say he, yeah. uh, it's a comp? And it's debatable. Yeah, it's debatable. With, with CMC, right? He, he's going to, you know, he's, yeah, he's interchangeable. If, <laughs> I'm going to leave that in. If, <laughs> if Austin Eckler falls past pick five, you're picking him up. Yeah. No, 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 even, you don't even have to think about it. It's as soon as it's your turn, boom, you're, you're drafting Austin Eckler. Like that's a steal at that, at that spot. So Austin Eckler, we don't need to get really into detail about it. And then I think the same goes for Justin Herbert. Yeah. Justin Herbert is, you know, he's a, he's number seven. He's ranked number seven this year. Um, in my opinion, I'd put him over Justin Fields and I'd put him over Joe Burrow. And I understand the upside of those guys, but in my opinion, Justin Herbert is like QB five yeah. after Lamar Jackson, because I think Lamar Jackson not only can run the ball, but he can actually pass the ball. I think that's something that Justin Fields hasn't proven yet. So Justin Herbert, in my opinion, is a solid quarterback, and I think he's the number five overall, only because Joe Burrow is going into the season with the injury, and we still don't know, you know, how much that's going to affect him. I agree with you so 100%. You're drafting Justin Herbert. Herbert, um, you know, quarterbacks are going early this year. He's getting taken around the end of the fourth round. So 
I mean, if you feel like, you know, your quarterbacks are coming off the board because your your league is starting to draft them early and you want to take Justin Herbert, you know, in the in the fourth round, I mean like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna hate you for that or say don't do that. Um but if you do decide to, you know, pass up on Justin Herbert, there are other options, you know, I think you can get like a round or two later. But I mean, I think he's a solid pick overall. Like, I, he he had a down year, a quarterback. but he was playing a little hurt. He went from QB two. Like, keep in mind, like this is a, a league where like there was Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson in it, and he he was QB two the year before. Last year, QB eleven, down year as but, a rookie. By the way, as a rookie. Oh, he was a rookie. Before that, this is the second year he was QB2. Oh, it was the second year. Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought it was just So he went from, confused. I think, I, I could be wrong on my name, but I don't think he went QB11, QB2, then back to QB11. He played a little hurt last year, but even then, he almost had like 300 fantasy points, which is puts him in the same range as all those like QBs from like 5, 6 through 10 or so. So he puts him in that ballpark even when he had an off year. So either you're getting another off year of Justin Herbert and it's still, you know, you draft him at QB5, which I think is a decent range. You, I think it's like, I think, yeah, like I would, I would take him again. Like he's got a lot of weapons. He's, he's got a, a really good team around him and he himself is talented. So I wouldn't look at last year as a reason not to draft him. I would say draft him. If you can. So here, 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 this, here's the stats. His rookie season, he played 15 or started 15 of the, of the games. Um, he was QB eight that season, averaging 22 points. Okay. Then, you know, the season where he was QB two, he was averaging also, excuse me, 22 points. And then last year, obviously he got hurt, but he still came in as quarterback 11. And then he only averaged 16 points, um, which, you know, I think is due to the, obviously the injury, but they have a new offensive coordinator. Kellen Moore likes to throw the ball down the field, likes to throw the ball in general. So I think Justin Herbert's going to get a lot of solid uh, opportunities, you know, to throw touchdowns, um, which in turn helps, you know, the wide receivers as well. Right. Like, yeah. You got Keenan Allen, you got Mike Williams, you got the rookie Quentin Johnson. Um, how do you feel about Keenan Allen? Because uh, I know you're you're against guys that are 30 or over. I would probably skip him. I'm not saying he's going to have a bad year, but I would. I think there's better talent around where you could draft him. Like we've done some mocks, and like where he's going right now is about 19. Like there's Debo Samuel, there's Amari Cooper there. Um, DJ Moore, Christian Watson, even Mike Williams. Like, I don't know if I would necessarily take Mike Williams over him, but I would probably take DJ Moore, Christian Watson over him currently. I don't know where you're at. Well, I'm very high on Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen has been my guy since, you know, he came out of college his rookie year. Um, I had him his rookie year and he did very well. And I know he's had some injury issues you know, last year. And I think, you know, towards the end of last year or the year before that, but, um, you know, reports say he looks good. Obviously he is, um, a higher risk of injury. He has dealt with soft tissue injuries, which are the worst, especially hamstrings. But if I'm drafting him as like my wide receiver too, you know, he, I think he has very strong wide receiver one upside, especially in this Kellen Moore offense. He's going to be what CD lamb was 
last year in that mm. offense. He's going to be that this year. All right. So I'm not. I'm not. I'm, I'm, I'm not mean, mad at it. I'm just the injury history. He's up there in age. It's not like I'm like hating on the player. It's just when you're when you get to that point, your your notes between him and two to three other players. I guess I'd rather take the two other, two to three other players. Yeah, no, I can see that. Mike Williams. I don't know. Like Mike Williams falls to me. He falls into that inconsistent Mike Evans. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that inconsistent. Yeah, like I was he's either going to give you like a forty point game. He's going to give you a forty point game. And you're going to be really happy. And then the next three weeks, he's going to put up like four or five points. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, if you draft him as a wide receiver, you know, the low end wide receiver two, um, high end wide receiver three, you know, I think he does have that upside for a wide receiver two. But I mean, I'd probably look for something, some better value at the same uh, at the same ADP. You can get guys like, you know, Brandon Ayuk, Drake London. I mean, my boy Tyler Lockett, I know mm. he's kind of old too, but, um, you know, the stats speak for themselves. Chris Godwin, you know, Christian Kirk. I think even Deontay Johnson, I think he he's uh, being drafted right now in the sixth round, end of the sixth round, and I think he's going to deliver, um, you know, that, that top receiver, that top 15 receiver uh, upside. Yeah. He's been looking good in the in the preseason, and mm-hmm. then you know, quick stat on him, he had z- he he has the record for most targets with zero touchdowns ever. Mm-hmm. So you think he didn't score any touchdowns last year? You think he's due? So he's got to score. He's going to score double what he scored last year. Sometimes too, like <laughs> I know, I know, like some people don't think this is really good fantasy logic, but I'm more of a volume than a touchdown person because I feel like touchdowns are a little bit, you know, it's it's by, it's more by chance you know, unless you're a running back and you're like the goal line back. And sometimes in certain offensive sets, you know, Travis Kelsey's going to get, you know, get, you know, have a play developed for him at the goal line if it's the Chiefs. But when it comes to wide receivers, I'm a little bit more volume oriented, so like yeah, I I like your shout there. I think, you know, to add on to what you were saying, you know, you're you're a volume guy. Mm-hmm. I think there's a correlation with touchdowns and volume. Yeah. Obviously, the more targets you're getting, the higher chance you have of scoring a touchdown. So I think it all works out. So, um, But Mike Williams, I, I think you can pass on Mike Williams, find better value around the same um, ADP. And then Quentin Johnson, you know, I don't know what to think. Obviously, there's a lot of hype. It is a Kellen Moore offense. I think they're going to run some, you know, three wide receiver sets. They did a lot of that in uh, Dallas, if I'm not mistaken. I don't have the percentage right in front of me. But I think they were one of the higher percentage teams who ran three wide receiver sets. And um, I think he has some value as a strong flex play. I think so, too. And I think it's kind of like a preference thing. Do you like Addison? Do you like him? Do you like Flowers? They're all picked roughly around the same spot in the in the draft and it's kind of like preference on what you think and i think you know him playing in that offense you know i think he he has a decent chance of being of having a really successful season the only thing that i'm gonna throw out there because i don't think this is gonna matter too much but joshua palmer also had (laughs) a ton of targets thrown at him last year and now he's wide receiver four and I do think he is going to get some of the, those wide receiver three uh, sets as well. But keep this, in mind, Keenan Allen was out for almost like the whole season. So 
So there we go. I was going to say, though, if Keenan Allen does miss more time or Mike Williams misses some time, I think like that's going to really help both Palmer and Johnson get a lot of targets and be successful. I season. agree. So. And just to throw another nugget in there for Keenan Allen, um, when Keenan Allen is on the field, right, he's healthy. He averages 16 points a game. So, I mean, just keep that in mind. I think that's a pretty strong stat right there. And then uh, Gerald Everett. What? <laughs> Gerald Everett? Uh, <laughs> I, I I had him. So last year I did this in two different leagues. I took him and I took Hayden Hurst on Cincinnati. And I basically streamed whichever one I felt like was going to have the better week. And it worked some weeks, then it worked some others. But Gerald Everett was pretty consistent last year, I felt like. You know, and he's in this offense. You know, Dalton Schultz, you know, in the past has had success. You know, tight ends in general in those Cowboy offenses has had some success. I think Gerald Everett could have a decent year. Like, are you, are you taking him as your clear-cut tight end one? No, but if you punt on the position... And I, I wouldn't mind, or I would like you said, like it's it's the theme of this podcast, stashing him with a rookie tight end and seeing what happens. You know, if the tight if the rookie takes off, then cool. If not, you have Gerald Ever, who I think is a very safe option at tight end. Yeah, I mean, I I think he's a guy that's gonna, you know, he's gonna get you three to four catches a game with like fifty to sixty yards with possible, you know, chance for getting a touchdown. So. Is a touchdown guaranteed every week? No, but I think, you know, he's he's going to give you, like I said, I think eight points, you know, in a half PPR, full PPR league. Mm-hmm. And, and if you have tight end premium, you know, then that's even better. Yeah. So. Let's, let's get into the Super Bowl champs, your squad, the Kansas City Chiefs. Before we, before we came on the spot, you said there's only really two clear-cut fantasy options on this team. And it's Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. Both possibly could be first round picks, but most likely top three pick, top three round picks at least. It depends on your league on when they take QBs or not. Uh, possibly. I think they're top, they're top two rounds. First QB off the board in some leagues, I would say. Uh, obviously the, the, the first tight end off the board. Uh, Anything you want to get into in detail about those two, or do you think it's already said and done? If you listen to anything fantasy related, those are the you're drafting. Yeah, you're drafting. You know, Travis Kelsey. He's going to go in the first round, whether you pick him or somebody else in your league gets him. You know, like he's going to be. Is he a top four? I don't think he's going to go like within the top four, possibly five. So you know, he's going to be taken somewhere in that like six to ten overall. If he happens to fall to you in the second round, I would not hesitate to take him. Crazy stat on 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 Travis Kelsey, or not crazy stat, but you know, just something to to keep in mind, right? Tight end is one of like the weakest positions as far as fantasy goes, right? Like it's kind of like kicker and and defenses, team defenses. Yeah. Travis Kelsey last year in a PP in PPR, he was the number one tight end with three hundred and sixteen points. The number two tight end was George Kittle. And he came in with 200 points. So Travis Kelsey is putting more than 100 points more than the second tight end. Now, if he was a wide receiver with 316 points, he would be wide receiver number four Mm. between Tyreek Hill and A.J. Brown, who put up, A.J. Brown put up 299 points. So you're getting an extra wide receiver Mm. in the tight end spot. Yeah. And that's like a cheat code. It is. But 
the risk you're taking because he is getting older, right? And, and you know, like Brian mentioned many <laughs> I, I, times before, if you turn 28, you're already walking on the rainbow bridge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Once you turn, you know, Kelsey is 33, mm-hmm. you know, 10 years in the league. So the question is, is he going to regress? Is this the year he regresses? Obviously he hasn't shown any signs of regression. So I'd comfortably draft him in the first round, mm-hmm. but keep in mind, you know, you're losing out on that. Those other positions, you know, a running back or so the skill set you know, wide receiver one, a solid wide receiver. But you know, again, he came in as wide receiver four, so you're technically drafting a wide receiver. So do you, do you feel like you can make those 100 points up though if you add skill players? Like let's just say you don't draft Travis Kelsey, are you able to make up those 100 point difference with your with your tight end plus the other skill players you have around him? Dude, mm, that's hard. Yeah. It's hard so that, to say, yeah. Because, so. like, like, it's the same thing when you talk about quarterbacks. Like, we had the same conversation about Patrick Mahomes. Is like, do you feel like drafting Patrick Mahomes in the second round too early? Yeah, you might feel that way, but he's going to probably score 100 more points than the QB4 in the league. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so are, yeah, you make, true. Are, are you making those 100 points up in other positions? Like, yeah, you're right. You, you could try, but it might not work. And keep in mind, like, the guy drafting Patrick Mahomes in the second round or Kelsey in the first round is also drafting pretty decent skill players to accommodate them. Now, obviously you're losing out on first round talent in terms of skill players, but yeah, like it's just one of the things you have to consider. Um, if you, if you stack them, are you, are you going to, is are you going to make up, be able to make up those 200 points are like, you know what I mean? So it's, it's interesting. What's funny is in my brain, I was just going to tell you, like, how do you feel about going Travis Kelsey, Patrick Mahomes, one and two, and stacking them. I mean, I think it's pretty. It's a pretty solid strategy. Mm-hmm. Um, especially, like I said, you're drafting basically the wide receiver four overall last year, and the QB number one. Yeah. And I, I think it's a solid strategy. Yeah, you might be you know lower in your running backs, but I think their point differential in their you know respective positions is going to make up for that you know loss. And plus, there's still you know decent value at running back, you know in the in the sixth, you know fifth, sixth, seventh round. Yeah, so you're not totally you know out uh, on a running back. If you stack them though, you got to make sure you have your eyes on the prize. Like your rounds four, five, six are extremely important. Like you got to make sure like you're you you are kind of finding top ten running back, top ten wide receiver potential. You're not you're not risking the floor too much but you're not settling for the floor like you it's it's, you gotta kind of knock your draft out of the park because you could have a 200 point difference on the other teams in those positions but if someone kind of gets a quarterback that's close like for example you don't have a two you don't have a hundred point difference on the team that drafts josh allen (laughs) you know you're not gonna have a hundred point difference on a team that drafts jalen hurts you know so like you got to keep that in mind as well. Like really you only have a hundred point difference on Travis Kelsey, but for not drafting a wide receiver, for not drafting a running back, you might have a hundred point uh, uh, difference in terms of like not being able to catch up in those positions. Cause like, yeah, Travis Kelsey is the best tight end. And you said wide receiver four, but if your running backs are barely squeezing 10 points out because you, you, you waited on getting a running back, then you're struggling. And that that could happen too so 
Yeah. I, I like the strategy. You just got to make sure you're on point in rounds four or five and six. Yeah, definitely. What do you think? This is kind of a random question. Mm-hmm. Right. What do you think if you were to draft Kelsey, you know, first, Patrick Mahomes second, and then you still draft like a decent middle of the pack, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten tight end? Because do you think throwing Kelsey in a flex spot and then having like somebody like a, a Darren Waller or a Fryer Muth or an Njoku in your actual tight end like slot? How do you how do you feel like do you think that would possibly be beneficial especially in like a tight end premium league? Uh I think it could be. I Yeah, it could be. It's just like at that point you're for sure like like but let's just say you knock it out the park. Like let's just say you have the stack, you have Mahomes, you have Kelsey and then maybe what 3 or 4 rounds later you want to take that extra tight end, right? I would say Andrews is off the board, but you know, we're now talking Darren Waller territory, right? So I uh, sure in those other three rounds though, if you got maybe a top five running back and maybe at least another decent tier, like what's just say you got a Devontae Smith who was a top ten wide receiver. What's just say you got uh I don't know, like Damian Pierce, who looks like he's going to get every single carry in Houston Texans history next season. Like, you know, so like if you get some of these guys, then you might be fine. But it is a little like you. you, The reason why I think you draft the tight end in the first round is so you don't have to worry about the tight end position later. (laughs) So, like. But no, like it's 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 interesting. We we I think someone won one of our leagues last year by having two tight ends, two, two like top five tight ends, and <laughs> and on their team. Yeah, they had uh, Travis Kelsey and George Kittle. Yeah, and so like if you do if you do that, you have what five hundred something points in two positions already. Like that's not easy to come by. Like you might not even get that in your first four rounds combined. Uh, Moving on to to running backs here, right? So, we already so, established. so when you when we were talking, you're like, those are the two clear cut positions, Mahomes and Kelsey. And I said, no, I think there's a sneaky third. This is the sneaky third. Isaiah Pacheco, in my opinion, is in almost must draft territory. He's the fir- okay. He's the first Chiefs running back I've seen actually have fantasy production on a consistent basis since we all thought Ceh was going to be that player. I don't think any of these other wide receivers are someone you could absolutely trust to be a consistent option every week. But I do think Pacheco is going to give you a solid 12 to 15 points of fantasy every week. But he doesn't, he doesn't really provide any like passing usage targets. That's fine. (laughs) So what's your, what's your, what's your reasoning? It, I was looking at this the other day, and I was looking at other running backs around him, right? And clear, and keep in mind, the Chiefs have one of the better offenses in the league. We all agree with that, right? Mm-hmm. And I was looking at his stat line. So in history, he it was the 37th ranked uh, running back in PPR in 36, right? You know, which is like, it's fine. It's not the best, right? But from weeks 11 through 18, he's hit double digits all but those three weeks, all but three weeks. But even those three weeks, he got up to, oh, no, wait, hold on. I'm looking at the wrong thing. He hit double digits 
every week from week 11 through 18 except for one week he's and i think like i was like are you drafting him in the round like three no but i think like when you're looking at middle of the tier and you want that middle like we were talking about like do you take javante williams and stuff like that we were talking about that earlier in the draft i think isaiah pacheco Mm -hmm. has a better opportunity to be more consistent than a lot of the running backs that are in that tier that he's in interesting yeah no it's it's possible I mean, he hasn't played in the preseason, and he's coming off, you know, an injury. Right. He's co- a surgery. He's in that conversation with uh, Dalvin Cook, Herbert from Chicago, Gibson, Dylan, Brian Robinson. All those players are what, like, either handcuffs to other running backs or splitting with other running backs. Okay, let me give you a situation here. Okay, are you taking Pacheco over DeAndre Swift? Yes. Are you taking him over James Cook? Ooh, there is about a six different six player difference in ADP. Not they're getting, not, they're getting taken around. They're getting taken around the same round seven. I would. I'd probably still take Pacheco over James Cook. How about Rashad White? That one's a little bit more because I feel like Rashad White. But even today, I think I read something that Sean Tucker is getting some of those first team carries. So. Yeah, maybe Pacheco still, yeah. And then uh, lastly, how about Javante Williams? Yeah. Let's say Javante Williams falls down into oh, okay. the end of the the end of the seventh round and you you know, you're up and you have Williams and you have Pacheco. Who are you taking? That one is a little bit more of a coin flip. Maybe Javante Williams, you know, cause, only because of the value? Because of the value, yeah. Okay. Respect I, I respect that. Yeah. Uh, just for clarification or just so people know, like, yes, he made double-digit points, but these are like 10, 11, 12 points. So, yes, he did the double digits, and I think he'd be a strong running back too, you know, obviously a strong flex play. I'm just not too sure because there hasn't been a solid, like, Chiefs running back fantasy-wise since, like... Jamal Charles? Jamal Charles, <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I, to, to, to my point, too... In every scenario where I would probably take Isaiah Pacheco, I also probably have two to three established running backs already. Right. Yeah. We we do draft heavy. So heavy RB. So like for someone doing like zero running back strategy, yeah, he's a decent RB too. Sure. Uh, but for me, I'm like thinking like he might be like my second flex player, and we do have leagues where we have multiple flex spots. So. Mm-hmm. Like that's a strong flex. I, I can give you that. Yeah, he's definitely a strong flex. Like he, he's someone too who I feel like could fill in as your RB two one week when there's bye weeks or injuries and stuff like that. But like he's a strong flex option, and I feel like he's the he's the next Chiefs player to keep an eye on after Kelsey and Mahomes. Is there? Yeah, any, no, I agree. Is there any of these wide receivers that you're like? Ah. The wide receivers is a carousel. Real quick, though, before we jump into wide receivers, I just kind of want to give you a quick history of Chiefs running backs just so you can you can just keep this in mind. So for the last for the last four years, this is where Chiefs receivers have ended up. Jarek McKinnon last year was ranked 27. Clyde Edwards Hilaire was ranked 29 the year before and 21. In 2020 as a rookie, he was number 21 overall. Mm-hmm. Then in 2019, Damian Williams was 24. And then in 28, Kareem Hunt. So Kareem Hunt was the last oh, yeah. Chiefs <laughs> running back. 
to come in the top 10. He came in as number eight. And the year before that, he came in as number five. So, um, and then before that, then it was Jamal Charles back in 2015. So, I mean, the Chiefs, you know, for the past four years, haven't really had a like solidified RB1. I think they're more flex options, you know, lower end wider or running back twos. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, like your, your, your case for Isaiah Pacheco is strong as a flex option, you know, which we would draft them as that since, you know, we do do running back heavy. So just keep that in mind. If you're doing a zero running back strategy, like he, he's more of a flex play. So, you know, he is a little bit weaker if you're looking for him to be your running back one or running back you, two. You, you would be my chiefs insider. Is there any other running back in that, in, on that team that would affect Pacheco's uh, timeshare? As far as rushing, no, I don't think they have another, you know, running back that's purely a rusher. I think Jarek McKinnon is going to be more of a pass catcher. Mm-hmm. And Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, I'm not sure what they're going to do with him. Like, he's been getting some touches in the preseason, obviously, because Pacheco's been injured. Yeah. But I don't know how they're going to split that. We're going to have to wait and see when Pacheco comes back how they're going to, how they're going to utilize, you know, those three guys. But I think the the only one that's, like, solidified in their role is Jarek McKinnon. Mm-hmm. And I think he's a safe, you know, pretty solid uh, flex option mm-hmm. um, because he's going to get, you know, that, that passing down work. And obviously, you know, towards the end of last year, he uh, he blew up. Um, he was catching like one or two touchdowns a game. Mm-hmm. I think the last like four games. Yeah. So um, I was very high on Jarek McKinney when he was with the Vikings. Mm-hmm. And then he got traded to the Niners. He got hurt. And then he got hurt. Um, but I'm happy that he made a comeback, and obviously I'm happy that he's on the Chiefs because um, I think you know he he does make a difference when he's out on the field. So from week 13, so 13, 14, 15, and 17, he had double digit points, and these weren't just like so he had 12 points in week 13, 14, or I'm sorry, 25 points in week 14, 26 points in week 15. He kind of came back to earth in week 16 with only 10 points. Then he went back up to 17 points, you know, for week 17. And then I don't really count week 18 because usually if you're already locked in for playoffs, you're not playing the whole game. So, yeah. so I mean, I, I mean, if he comes out with that same momentum, um, yeah, I think there's a possibility he's a strong, he has very high upside is what I'll say. Yeah, I hear that. For where he's being drafted. Any of these wide receivers? Gosh, you know what? Like, it's it's literally like I would say all of them. Yeah, look. you can draft all of them. I'm not saying you draft them like in the early rounds, but if you're in round, you know, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, you know, and so on, and you just want to grab a, a Chiefs wide receiver, I think it could be any of these guys. The, I think the only one that's like solidified as like a you know I'm gonna draft him is Kadarius Tony. But when you draft Kadarius Tony, you need to draft him with the with the thought that, you know, this guy might be hurt for half the season. Yeah, that that makes sense. What? How do you feel about Sky Moore? Because I know, like, there's a lot of hype, but it, it hasn't really paid off yet. I think that's all it is, is hype. Okay. Like, I think, like, he's not, like, a solid, like, oh, like, let me see an example here. He's not a DK Metcalf, you know? He's not like, mm-hmm. oh, DK Metcalf, has, DK Metcalf is the wide receiver one. Mm-hmm. Keenan Allen is the wide receiver one. Devontae Adams is the wide receiver one. Jerry Judy was the wide receiver one. Obviously, he's injured. Um, Cooper Cup 
is the wide receiver one. Like you don't know who the wide receiver one is on this team because it could be anybody any given week. It's supposedly supposed to be Tony, but um, you know, he's always injured and who knows like when he's going to come back, he's going to get injured again. Like I don't think they have a solidified wide receiver one. I think they do a, a good, they do a good job because they have obviously, you know what? I take that back. Their wide receiver one mm-hmm. is Travis Kelsey. Yeah, you're right. Like Marquez uh, Veldes Scanlings kind of got some like floor upside, if that makes sense. Like he he's a decent floor. He might have a week where he gives you you know ten twelve points. Maybe he'll go off for a thirty point game at some point. But he he has a decent floor. He's playing the slot, I believe. Uh, Rasheed Rice, where are you at? Do you feel like he could incorporate himself in this offense, or do you feel like? The system's built for just Kelsey and Mahomes to go off, and then the other guys kind of fill in the gaps. No, no, I think I think he can go off. Here's here's what I'll say: after Kadarius Tony, Kadarius Tony's getting taken somewhere at the beginning of the ninth round. I think that's way too early. I think you can you can find other options. You, Zay Flowers, Elijah Moore. Um, you got um, Quentin Johnson. You know Odell Beckham Jr. Mm-hmm who, you know, was looking pretty good until he got injured. Obviously, he, he didn't play last year. Um, Cortland Sutton, even, you know, these are all guys going like in that ninth round area. And I think, you know, would be better, better suited as a pick in that, that, you know, ADP. I think, you know, you take a, you take a flyer on Sky Moore, you take a flyer on Rashi, Rashi Rice, you take a flyer on Justin Ross, you know, who, um, was obviously like a really good player in college. You mm-hmm. know, he got injured, and then last year he was injured and he didn't play. And I, I, I mean, I'm hearing nothing but yeah. you know good reports. I was gonna say like for him when you watch the film on him, it looks good. Uh, it does look good. This is what I'm gonna say about him. I think at the beginning of the season, he's not gonna be someone that stands out. But I think by the end of the season, is a possibility that he's the wide receiver one. I, I wouldn't be shocked by that. There's a reason why in a few of our mocks, when it gets to him, I'm like, you know what? Sure. You know, I, I would probably stash him. He seems like a re- decent deep threat option, you know, and Kelsey might not be a, I'm, I don't want to say deep threat option because he never really was, but you know what I mean? It's, I don't know if Kelsey's going to be like going up 15, 20 years. And you know what? I'm not going to say that. Like until Kelsey proves me wrong, he he's the guy. So, but I think Justin Ross could be the deep threat option on the team. Like by, yeah, by the I end agree. of the season, you know, like he spreads the field and makes it better for the other players on it and stuff like that. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Uh, and right. then as far as tight ends go, I mean, Travis Kelsey is the only one you're drafting. Um, you don't need to draft any of these other guys. Yeah, I agree. And that concludes the OT Fantasy Football's divisional previews. Oh uh, yes. I'm. I mean, like, I just. I mean, I'm so excited to start this season. You know, um, the next time we talk to you guys, we, we will have you know some of our teams drafted, and so you know we'll let you guys know how that goes. But um, we're excited to get the season started. Um, mm-hmm. We wish you guys nothing but the best of luck. Brian, can you let the people know where they can find us on X? You can find us the spot. You can find us on X at OT Fantasy F Ball. Yeah, you know, give us some feedback, leave a comment, subscribe. We'd appreciate it. Also, ask us some questions. Don't yeah. be shy. We love to discuss fantasy football. 
obviously, you know, everybody again has a different mindset on how they go in and approach their drafts and how they approach players. And I think, you know, that's great. Obviously, you know, the, the, there's a lot of data, you know, that is used in fantasy football, but I mean, sometimes you just got that feeling in your gut and your chest yeah. on a player and you want to draft him. So, you know, trust your guys, you know, the, the best advice that I've been given over my lifetime. How many, how many times your guts usually right. So how many times have you overthought it? You don't go with your gut. And then the guy that you miss every year, he goes off like I mean, every year, mine and your, I feel like, you know, I'm not going to say like the, we're the best fantasy football owners ever, but I would say we're competent enough that we should have good teams every year. But some, yeah. some years we don't. And it's because we absolutely overthought it. You know, we we couldn't just yeah. do the simple play or go with our gut, and we didn't, and it cost us a season. And so, yeah, absolutely. When I and uh, pull back the current again, mine and your overthinking is what helped us come up with the name for this podcast. <laughs> so, the OT <laughs> people are wondering what OT stands for. Uh, yeah, it does stand for overtime, but it also stands for overthinking. So, yeah. With that, we wish you nothing but the best. Good luck on your drafts. We'll catch you on the next one. We're not fortune tellers. We're fortunate enough to bring you this great game of fantasy football. I'm Steven. With me is Brian. And we hope that you guys kill your drafts. See you guys next time.